the real success stories told by the people who live them. We're going to have some guests on this show that everybody knows, and we're going to have guests on this show that nobody knows yet. One by one, Nick Heider is adding hits to the hit streak. Blessings, folks. I'm your man, Nick Heider, and welcome back to another episode of the Hit Streak Podcast. Check it out. I'm going to go on record and say that um, I love all my guests, past, present, and future, but I don't love any of them as much as I love the one today. And um, here's why. So first of all, um, she shares my last name, not by birth, but by choice. That's right. Folks, I've got uh, my bride, my miracle, my business partner, Rhiannon Hyder in the building today. Give it up, Riri. Thanks How you doing, for, baby? Good. Thanks for having me. I had to walk a long way to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Um, I'm really excited about this. You know, we're going to have, I'm going to go on record and say that this one may be the most um, this will be everybody's one of everybody's favorite episodes. So all future guests, your work's cut out for you because um, this one's going to be dynamite. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be a dynamite episode. You ready? I'm ready. Girl, I'm ready. So first of all, well, let me tell the folks a little bit about you, can I? Go right ahead. All right. So she is my wife. Not anybody else's mine, and I'm dang proud about that. She's my wife. She is the mother to our two children, Ethan and baby Ansley, and um, she is a miracle worker to our clients, our agents, our business. Um, she's from the small town of Watertown, Tennessee, where she dons all of the um, accredited things that you can get from the town. She, I call, we call her the queen, <laughs> queen of Watertown. Homecoming queen, yeah? Yes. Um, what else? 1999, most dependable. And I really don't recall anything else at the moment. Head cheerleader? Yes, at some point. When we go there, it's like going somewhere with a celebrity. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So, Rhiannon, you are born in Watertown, Tennessee. Moved to Nashville when you were 19 and haven't looked back. Let's tell the folks a little bit about that. So, you moved to Nashville when you were 19. What did you move here for? Tell the, just give this. I've got a bio here for you. It's real nice and pretty. Let's tell the folks a little bit about it. When I graduated high school, went to MTSU for three semesters with intentions of getting into TV and radio. Uh, that's what I'd always wanted to do. I wanted to be kind of on the back end of things, not the personality. And uh, college was not for me. So I decided to, uh, well, at the time I started going to bars, um, to clubs. I was 19, going out and dancing with friends and Ended up getting a job at the one and only Bar Nashville. Um, if you're local here or in other cities, they had them all over the place and worked there and ended up getting a job at a doctor's office at the ripe age of 19. Had benefits, had all kinds of stuff, had no idea what I was doing with it or where it would lead to later, but uh, stayed in that for a while and decided that um, I'd I probably worked in the, that field for at least seven or eight years um, and never left the bar scene. Just I loved the cash. It was really hard to give up. And 
you know, in she, between those eight years. She still loves the cash. Yeah, who but doesn't? Just, she still loves who the doesn't? cash. Who <laughs> doesn't? Um, yeah, every now and then it's like, I see a gig. It's like, man, that would, that's really hard knowing that now. I mean, shoot, back then when I worked in a bar, it was like one of three places to go. It was Tootsie's, Bar Nashville, maybe Have a Nice Day Cafe, and a couple others. But there was just, there was nowhere else to go downtown. It was Bar Nashville. That was it. There was a liner wrapped around the building three or four nights a week. So, um, I was one of those guys that they wouldn't let in in that line for a long time. Yeah, you sure were. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun time. Lots of memories and friends made over the years working there. Absolutely. Lifelong ones too. Um, so let's, let's give them a little bit of a, a preview of what we're going to talk about today. So obviously a lot of folks have a lot of questions, um, and interest in, in our history, and that story is um, unique in its own. And um, But uh, some of the other things that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about, um, I mean, honestly, I would put you up against just about anybody as far as being a working mom, um, working with spouse, um, doing it all, being a part of, being heavily involved in the community, whether it's the schools, church, um, extracurricular sports or anything like that. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when Ansley gets old enough to do that stuff. Uh, I'm really excited about it. But uh, And then you're also um, an incredible cook. And, uh, and we eat pretty darn healthy. So we, the evolution of just us, not just together, but individually over the last 10 to 15 years has been pretty incredible. It's been amazing just watching you being a part of it with you. And um, you definitely make me better. That's for dang sure. I try. So, and you try hard. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All some, right. Some days are easier than others. I could agree with that. Yep. I could agree with that. All right, baby. So, you moved. Um, so, we, let's talk about the the Bar Nashville thing. That's where I actually met you. Um, I met you in 2002 or 2003-ish, right around the end of the year 2002 Began in 2003. I want to say it was 2002 at my birthday. Um, right. What was, um, because that was when I started working there where you were the it girl. Well, I guess every girl was an it girl there. You were one of the it girls. Yes. Right. All right. So talk, let's talk about that for a minute. What's your side of the story? Well, to be totally honest, and I think I've had this conversation with you, is when we met back up, in 2007 or 8, whichever year that was, I did not remember you working there. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I didn't um, until you brought it up. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you were the bar back. And I tried to hook you up with my friends. Um, I was just all over the place. So I had no idea that you had a crush on me. I just thought, oh, he's talking to me to maybe hook up with my friends. So let me see what I can do. Well, Dale here at the office says that I'm the world's greatest salesman because I got you. But what the folks don't know is that it's all about consistent activity, persistence, right? Um, persuasion, because um, 2007 was when she finally went on a date with me. Sure did. So that's how good my game is, folks. <laughs> 2002 to 2007. About five years in between. Five, six years in between. That's right. And then, so that's how good it is. <laughs> all right. So you were trying to hook me up with all your friends. Yep. 
Um, not sure if that ever worked out with him. Um, I think he might have went and played baseball or did something and then kind of got back into Lazy Day. And at that time, I think we had all moved over to Decades, which was the 80s bar. And you had asked me out. And I think we ended up, before we really went on a date, we went, you came to see me at Decades where I was the manager and you were working for Lazy Day at New Year's. And that was kind of our first date was New Year's Eve, as cliche as that is. Yes, that was the, Lazy Day was the marketing company that we had, and the bar was one of our clients, and you as the GM were one of our clients, and um, we had we had gone on a our, to our friend's wedding at the Symphony Center a couple of days prior to that same year, and then our first date was we were going to hang out after the the night of work that was New Year's Eve, two thousand December thirty first two thousand and seven. Yep. Right. And the rest is history. That's right. <laughs> the rest is history. Um, and it's been a perfectly smooth, easy relationship, hasn't it? Says no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely had our, our bumps along the way. Um, so, all right. So where do you want to go with next on your story from? So you worked at Bar Nashville, then you went to the bar across the street um, where you finally started hanging out with me. Still don't know why to this day, but I sure am glad that you did. And um, Ethan wasn't born until 2009, so we were dating for a while, and we had moved in together. Mm-hmm. We'd moved in together. Um, our friend Randy actually called it after our first date. He said he looked. He told us we were going to get married. Yeah, he sure did. And I don't think either one of us believed. It. No, he did not. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. And uh, Ethan was our first miracle. He was born in 2009, and quite honestly, um, we had some pretty rough times, some dark times from like 2009 to really like 2013. Um, where we were both growing up, especially me, had a lot of growing up to do, and um, figuring out who we were, um, becoming secure in ourselves. It's a it's a journey, and you we did it together. We did it together. Do you remember our first million dollar month in two thousand fifteen? No. So I, that's the story in my mind. That is when we we changed so first of all we in 2013 we decided that like all right we're not going to mess around anymore we're in right we're in and we're going to do this we're not just going to make this work it's going to work and it's going to be what it's supposed to be right yep so um we sought out our pastor and friend roger who we met with us i guess you could say counseled us marriage counseled and stuff like that because we weren't married yet right so um the, we have had a ton of support from home and family, but a big expensive wedding is not something that we had asked for or was ever really presented that we would have, right? So we were a lot of the waiting we did to get married was um, we weren't ready, one, but two, we were figuring out how, we, how all this was going to work because we were broke back yep. then. We were totally broke. So in 2014, we started working with Roger and with the full intent of of getting married and, and doing things the right way, the way that we always wanted to do them, the way that we grew up dreaming they would be, right? That's right. All right, so in 2014, let's tell the folks how we got married. So in 2014, I, and we decided, so we didn't really decide, but I kind of started, there was a couple of days, it was right around my birthday, where I could I felt this something going on behind my back, but not a bad something. Like, man, there. Nick's being really secretive. 
I think he's talked to my mom on the phone. Something's kind of crazy. Well, uh, that Sunday at church, all of my girlfriends showed up um, in navy dresses. Um, I had wore white because I just I had I just knew something was going to happen. I had this intuition. Well, we were recommitting. Yes, to we the were, church. Yes, but I had plicked out a black dress. But then I was like, no, I think I'm going to switch to this this white dress the last minute, and. Um, basically had a shotgun wedding right after we committed and joined the church as a family and uh, got married there in front of our friends and family at church. And it was pretty awesome and pretty sure we went to Logan's for, for dinner afterwards. And uh, our good friend, Uncle David, as we call him, uh, chauffeurs around in our little Sentra that day. So um, He did. It was, it was fun. It was very memorable. That's right. That was October? 19th. 19th. 2014, and then we had our big reception in at, February, at yeah. the Riverwood Mansion in mm-hmm. February of the next year. So a lot of people think our, our anniversary is in February, when actually it's in October. And our legal anniversary is the 20th. Yeah, so that means we get three anniversary presents. I'm de- okay. Anners- yeah, I'm good. I'm down I with never, that. I didn't think about it like that until just now. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So our actual anniversary is on the 20th because the state wasn't open on the 19th, which was a Sunday when we That's got right. married. So we had to go get everything filed the next day so we celebrate on the 19th we do right and now i just found out we're going to celebrate on the 20th and then that date in february February, 28th february 28th Mm -hmm. that's right so ethan was born in 2009 we got married in 2014 yep and then we set a lot of business goals we 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 really got got we put our heads down and didn't look up for quite a long time and um and then, and we were always trying for a second child, and we'd given ourselves until our fortieth birthday before we decided it's not for us. Maybe we adopt, maybe we don't, but we just we weren't going to be trying anymore. We we're going to take the precautions uh, or do the things that we needed to do to so that way we weren't having babies in our mid to late forties or even fifties, right? So we just shut that part of our life down. Yep. And then, in so we had just come back. Literally, we were. So this is a great story. So we're in Vegas. We're going to be on uh, the Dropping Bombs con- uh, podcast with the man Bradley. And the morning of the morning of, I well the night before we had had I'd had a couple glasses of champagne, probably had a Bloody Mary. Um, didn't stay out late. Got to bed early and woke up and started getting sick and said, "Oh no, these these drinks did not agree with me. Did not even think for a second that I was pregnant. And then I remember texting a friend that's a nurse practitioner and had asked her and she said, yeah, I think you might want to take a pregnancy test. So we went and did the podcast. Everything was good. And I literally ordered a pregnancy test via Instacart to be delivered to our house when we flew back. And I took it. I actually took it that night and didn't even tell Nick and saw like a faint pink line. I was like, man, I'm not pregnant. Cause, cause honestly, I wanted it so bad that it just was too good to be true. So the next morning I took it again and I literally texted it to my, one of my best friends from high school, Megan. And she said, Oh my gosh, you're pregnant. It's like, what? Oh my goodness. I guess I need to go tell Nick this, you know, cause I just, I didn't want to get his hopes up if it wasn't true. And those, those little line tests can be tricky. So girls go get the ones that say pregnant or not pregnant. Just saying, because the other ones can make you doubt everything. There's your first hit of the day yeah. right there, baby. Ladies, you heard it from, <laughs> from the best right there. 
So um, two months before our 40th birthday, we found out, our 40th birthdays, we found out that we were having our miracle girl. Yep. And um, and life's been amazing. So, all right. So I ask you about the first million dollar month. And this is, in my mind, and you can go back and look, this is when we first not just started making money, but when we first started like having money. It's when our life turned around mm-hmm. financially. Okay. It's when we actually started being able to like take care of ourselves for real, the way you're supposed to, right? With like insurance and, and just basic stuff, right. right? Owning our house, stuff like that. So in 2015, if you remember, that was when we were introduced to some books and one of them was Think and Grow Rich. And then that was there was that book, The Strangest Secret. That um, it's supposed to be like the, it's the thing you do after, I don't, what is it called? The post, if it's not the pre-book, the prerequisite, but it's the one you read after, um, mm-hmm. the follow-up, I guess. Yep. And um, it's a 45-minute audio audio book. It's not great to listen to because it was recorded forever ago by the author. Um, it's very monotone. It's not a great quality, but the content within is unbelievable. The Strangest Secret. And there's an exercise in that, in that book that says you get an index card, right? 10 of the easiest things you can do every single day for 30 days. And you do it. And if you mess up or don't do all 10 things, you have to rip it up and start a new card. We both did it together. And if you remember, like when we literally ripped up like our, remember how mad we used to get, we'd have to rip up and write a new card. Cause it's so tedious. Cause like you write a card and it's something you're going to look at every day. So you take some time on it and then you have to rip it up and write another one. Just freaking like it. It's so annoying. <laughs> and, and, uh, it was like the 16th card. Remember, I looked at you and I was like, holy crap, baby, we're the problem. Yep. It's us. It's us. It's not that we don't know how to make money. It's not that we're not talented or we can't do things that provide value to um, to the human race or at least locally, but like, we're the problem. We're the problem. It taught us that, one, we didn't know how to set goals and relevant to the task. And it also taught us um, that we have a commitment issue. Yep. Right? A discipline issue within ourself. Um and the people that care about themselves the most, and not in the selfish way, folks, but in the the way of like just the people, like if you generally eat, you take care of your body. It's a temple of the Lord, right? It's And it's you're supposed to do that. So you generally take care of yourself fitness-wise. You eat good or do the best you can. You're just not abusing yourself, right? And um, that's what self-care, self-discipline does. And that was, and we were both... You were never really heavy. I was. I was 40 pounds overweight for five to six years, <laughs> maybe longer. <laughs> but um, but that was when, like, the la- that was in 2015. Since then, we've had a lifetime of success, mm-hmm. a lifetime of happiness. We've traveled the world. We've bought multiple homes. We've taken, provided for family. Um, we've done a lot for our community in that time and literally like five, six years. And you remember how fun 2016 was when it really started? Like 15 was good. We were comfortable in 15, but 16, it was like, you remember that every, every, every Friday when, when commission statements would go out and, and all that kind of stuff, how that was a good time. You almost pinched yourself to make sure it was real. You did. Mm -hmm. You really did. And, um, and then now it's, but now it's expected. Right. Now it's just the norm, right? And that's, that's what you do. So, all right. Well, let's talk about working mom, working with spouse. All right. 
So moms, all our moms out there, first of all, all of you should have capes, right? Yes. You should all have capes. You're all superheroes. However, not all of you work. And some of you probably should because of what it does for the fulfillment of yourself, right? Um, Because the kids will move out one day and you have your own identity as well. So let's talk about that for a minute. So what's the most that you've learned? So we had had an 11-year gap in between the births of our children, right? Yep. So I don't know. What would you offer the working moms out there or the moms that don't work? Um, Whether you work and get paid for it or you stay at home and work because your husband uh, brings in the money, whichever side of that you stand on, it's a balance every day. If you're at home and you don't have a job that you go to every day, you have to get out and have relationships and friendships um, because the people at your home, they can't give you everything you need as a woman. Um, Having those relationships and friendships with girlfriends, there is just something priceless about that. Um, I'm lucky to have several girlfriends in my life that I'll grow, we'll all grow old together. And who knows, we, we might still be dancing on a bar 60 years, 20 years from now when we're 60. I sure hope Um, so. There you go. Yeah. Told my age. But, you know, I think for a working mom, you know, it's, there's this guilt, there's, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions every day and trying to find that balance and knowing at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do our best. And if you give it your all and you're doing your best, then you have the next day to try harder or try to make up for what you did the day before. Um, and, you know, and, and too with work, you know, there's the other side of that where you just feel guilty because you're not doing your job enough. Or, you know, I, I feel both of those where I want to be present here more, but I also know that my daughter is only going to be the age she is for a little time. And I, I don't want to look back and regret, you know, working 15 hour days and, and not seeing her um, for most of the day. So um, pretty blessed to be able to do what I do um, and have the flexibility of my schedule to work from home some and then still come here and um, fill and have that fulfillment from helping other people just do what we do every day and teaching them how to be better versions of themselves. One, another thing you do extremely well is you're an amazing wife and best friend. And, and I mean that, and here's why I think why, because I've thought about this. So our relationship did not come natural. Everything like, we work on our relationship. We had to work on our relationship for a long time. Like just to get through what we were going through, it was work, but what relationship isn't. And because we learned the fundamentals of the, and the importance of, of the effort that goes into keeping a, not just a relationship new, but like you're better today than you were when I met you. You're a better person. You've developed you're a totally different person in all the greatest ways. And so I, I mean, I find myself a lot of times, especially when you pause at the holidays and stuff like that, and you just look around at what you got. And I'm like, man, like these people, like our kids do when they do something for the first time, you're like, wow, they're a different person than who I remember them being. I've that's happened with me. Um, thinking about you 
so many times that I can't even keep count anymore and watch and how just how you've reinvented yourself to a better version over and over and over again. The, um, you may not realize how much you do, but like, cause we talk about it. We talk about it. We share if one of us is feeling neglected or not as important and things like that. And anytime I ever tell you those things, there's an immediate change. There's an immediate change. And that's so important that a lot of our friends, I won't say a lot of our friends, a lot of people we know when they have kids, the marriage takes a back seat and that can't happen because that's the foundation of the whole family. And when the kids grow up and go, that's what you're left yeah. with. Right. So I'm actually looking forward to, um, not when that the, when the kids are gone, that having the stuff that we're going to get into together, the places we're going to go see, um, I guess we'll, I mean, we'll probably follow our kids around a lot. Yep. <laughs> um, we'll probably stalk them a little bit. Absolutely. But they're going to call from time to time, like, where are you guys? And we're going to be on an island somewhere. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be a good time. So we, we, dream, we definitely dream big, right? Yes. And we've learned to dream together. That's right. Um, Rhiannon is quite the businesswoman. So when I say she's my business partner, that's legal. Yep. Right? You own 50%. That's correct. Of our businesses. And um, that's... Um, not because, like, you're that, you probably should own more, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You're a huge part of our businesses. And um, I think all of our customers, especially with the health insurance agency, would agree with that. Because all of them know and love you. And you're the one that um, is there. You're the expert when it comes to uh, helping them with claims and all that kind of stuff. So, awesome. All right. So, working spouse. Working with spouse. That's tough. My parents did it. Um, wasn't always the greatest experience, right? I would say ours is way better now than in the beginning. We share a room by choice. We do. Our office in the back has two desks in it by choice. Back to back, side to side. That's right. The days that you're here are way better than the days you're not. Right? Agree. I'm, guys, I'm being honest about all this. None of this is BS, <laughs> but boy, I hope it's earning me some points. I'm just kidding. You never know. I'm just kidding. All right, so working with spouse. What are some tips for working with spouse from your point of view? Um, you know, it's hard to not bring the business home with you when you work for yourself. Um, but I think it's very important to, you know, some days Nick will come home and I'm ready to talk business and he's like, nope, I just need to be personal, is to have that open communication and to know, you know, this is a time we can talk about business or this is a time that we should probably, you know, refrain from that talk because it's been a long day. I think just having that open line of communication of, hey, we're going to dinner tonight. I really don't want to strategize. I just want to go to dinner and enjoy myself. Or, hey, I've had this awesome idea. Well, let's go to dinner. It's just having that, just the bottom line is just communicating. Um, and that was a learned trait for me because I'm not the best communicator um, when it comes to saying how I feel. So over the years, I was forced to kind of to learn that so that our relationship would be good, our business partnership would be good. And then overall, our mom and dad role is also good. 
um, all of those have to work together since we're all doing those together. So, you know, you are such an, uh, um, your relationship with your family and your, especially and your girlfriends, like at first for a long time, I was insecure and didn't know how to handle that. But when I look back on it now, what it did do is it gave me hope for what, how we could be, because I saw how much you loved and how you acted with those people. And it gave me hope for what could be for us. And, um, and now I'm so grateful for all those relationships because we wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to see that. Who knows what I would have done right? if I didn't have that, um, as a goal, you know what I mean? For moving forward. So, um, I don't really know, gosh, we've been working together. That's how we met was in the workplace. So I don't know, um, it, it, to not have you here, it just seems like it would be empty, yep. you know, because that's the only way I've ever known it. I'm sure it'd be, I'm sure it'd be fine. Just like I'm sure it'd be fine if you didn't want to do it and you wanted to go home, but, um, having you here is definitely way better for sure. All right. So I tell you what, there is, cause I want to get into the volunteer work and the school and the kids and all that kind of stuff. But like you have, um, I would put your knowledge on health especially food health up against just about anybody. I mean, folks, this is a, this is a girl that charges or or counts her macros. Yeah. Um, taught me how to do it. Um, the, all the things like the green juice that I drank today, Nick Heider would have never experienced in some of the greatest things, the, the healthy eating habits with fruits. And, um, I wouldn't even know what a macro is. I don't think, if, um, had it not been for you. So, and nobody taught you this stuff. You nope. just went out and found out the information. We both listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff. So like, let's talk about, right, let's talk about healthy cooking because by the way, the stuff that she makes is freaking delicious. And I was the first person to turn up my nose at spaghetti squash or kale, or, I mean, I could go out the list, anything healthy that wasn't what I grew up eating. I would turn my nose up at it and be like, nope, not going to like it. And now it's all I eat. I don't want the other stuff anymore because of how bad it makes me feel. So let's talk about that for a minute. What are some, what's some of the things that stick out to the most about you about healthy eating habits, healthy lifestyle and stuff like that? I think the most, a, a lot of the knowledge and information I got was just following certain people on social media and then taking that and looking things up. But I love food more than just about anybody as much as anybody does. And I wanted to still be able to enjoy it. Um, but not feel bad and not gain weight and know that it was still giving my body the nutrition that it needs to function at the level that I need to function every day with all the roles that I take on. So I decided, you know, I loved Hamburger Helper growing up. Like, I'm sure there's a million recipes on how to make homemade Hamburger Helper. So I'll look up a few and then make make my own based on those. Um, I get a lot of... Um, you know, just, there's just certain people on Instagram that just are always posting that stuff. And then I try to just make it my own. Um, and then just, you know, your body is, it's literally science. I mean, it, it's on how, what you're taking in on versus how you can lose weight. And, and it's also it, health. The more and more I do research is if you're not sleeping properly, you're also not going to lose weight. You know, that's, that's a big reason why most people probably can't lose weight because they're not sleeping well. So um, definitely not a doctor or anything, 
but I feel, you know, I'm kind of one of the go-to questions on all of the group chats with some of the girlfriends, um, or that my health, my refrigerator is too healthy. I think that was told that a few times. <laughs> um, but I mean, I just, I enjoy food, but I don't want to, um, deal with the, the lag that you feel every morning. If you eat five donuts and don't get me wrong, I eat donuts. I do, um, something called the faster way to fat loss. Um, it's by Amanda Tress. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. And, um, I think that's where, when my relationship changed with food and started, counting macros and eating whole food nutrition. Um, but she says, Hey, you know what? On Saturdays, if you want a donut, just make it fit in your macros. If you want a glass of wine, that's, that's your treat day. It's leg day. So, um, that I think I would probably give that the most shout out of what changed my relationship with food and wanting to be healthy and try to eat clean most of the time. There you go. So, I mean, I, I, I swear by the fasting that was for me, that was what I, first of all, I would have never done it if it hadn't, if you hadn't, hadn't have introduced me to it. I actually made fun of it when you first introduced me to it, just like I did everything else. And now I've taken it to a whole extreme where, um, I don't, I fast 23 hours a day, 22 to 23 hours a day, basically just eat once. And I don't, and I try to be disciplined with what I eat when, when you're preparing it, it's great, but you can be a little bit more frivolous with what you do eat when it's only that one time and and still maintain the weight that you want to maintain. Right. So, um, but, but here, like, I don't think people understand how good you can make it taste. Like how, you know, it little substitutions just here and there. You just, you know, and you can make pizza crust out of sweet potatoes you can make a hamburger helper and use, um, you don't have to use butter and gallons of milk. They're just, uh, they're all oat milk is if I need something with milk, I choose oat milk. Um, there's just other ways. To, it's just really just eliminating the sugar. I think more than anything, mm-hmm. um, it, you would be so surprised how many recipes calls for sugar for everything. I mean, even in your, if you start and when you start reading bottles and labels, um, it's overwhelming and you know trying to teach Ethan hey no you don't need that and he's like well Cheetos have protein right but can you pronounce at least two of the ingredients on the back no well that is part of the reason why it's not good for you so I think that's it's just being Sel- aware selective reading is what yeah. I would call that right yeah. <laughs> they, they look past <laughs> all this unhealthy stuff oh there's protein in it yeah I'm, so, I'm pretty sure there's protein in a lollipop more than likely yep <laughs> um all right. So you are, you, you didn't finish college. No. You've had very little formal, like it's like the Robert Kiyosaki book thing, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There's two life teachers, somebody, a teacher that lectures or the life experience. You are 100% a product of the life experience. Yep. Right, so um, 41 years old, been in the workforce since you were 19. What's the most, so, and, and we talk about this, and this is not a knock on our folks. We were brought up amazing, amazing upbringings. But neither one of us really, we never learned to develop a relationship with money. 
it was just always done for us. Yep. It was done for us. We got in trouble. They bailed us out. And at that time, I was very thankful for it. And even now, I mean, I may not have obtained and learned lessons that I needed to learn at that time. You know, it's um, at the end of the day, if you can, the sooner you can start teaching somebody that we, I mean, that's what we're doing with Ethan. We're trying to teach him as much as possible that he can understand and comprehend based on his age so that he doesn't go through some of the things that we went through. But I mean, even growing up though, you just, that's just not something that people just didn't talk about money the way that they talk about it now. You know, it just, it it was just something you didn't talk about as much, or at least I didn't hear it. <laughs> um, but now, you know, I mean, even doing what we do, it's commission only. It's our, we literally tell people, we show people our paychecks, you know, and in the corporate world where I started, you didn't tell anybody how much you kept it a secret. If you got a bonus, I mean, I remember when I was 19 at the doctor's office, um, I was actually working there when 9-11 happened. And um, at the time, I mean, that was the cool office because all the country music stars came there. I got to see like Faith Hill and Tim McGraw and Reba and Martina McBride, like all the 90s stars. And um, I remember at that doctor's office thinking, I think I want to go back to college. I, I really want to get a degree and finish school and pursue the dream that I had and I was going to take a nanny job and go back to school. And when I went to tell them that I was leaving, they offered me like a $2 raise plus back pay for like six months for that raise. So I got this huge bonus and I'm 19. It's like, okay, I guess I'll stay. And so I did. And um, I ended up leaving that job because I moved um, out to Hermitage and that was downtown and got another doctor's office job where I stayed for, for years. And, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Dr. Major. If you need a doc, primary care doctor, go see him in Hermitage. I second um, that. Yeah, he's he's amazing. But that's, that's I mean, that's where I worked for a really long time and and learned a lot of the, not like product, a little bit of product knowledge about what insurance does. More of anything, just the vocabulary of it, but doesn't didn't really know what it meant. I was in my 20s, you know, I was still having a good time. Um, but little did I know, both of those jobs... Um, literally prepped me to do what we do now yeah. because of the back end of things and seeing that um, and helping clients understand what happens when they go to the doctor's office and then when they leave where that claim goes and how that works and how it's reported to the insurance company and how the payments come back. So being able to share that knowledge is um, I, I really enjoy being able to do that. So when we were talking about how parents, you can still take care, like do things for your children, but teach them that money is a tool, a much needed tool in this life. And like most of the people that say bad things about money don't have it. Most of the people that villainize money don't have it. Money buys choices. And then, man, there's some, imagine... Look at just look at all the great things people do that have a lot of money because they're able to do it, right? Roger told us everybody can give time, not everybody can give money, right? So money is extremely important, but it's a, it's just a tool. It's just a tool to trade. It's a tool that if you use, you teach your kids how to use all kinds of other tools: brooms, lawnmowers, pencils, right? Televisions, internet. Teach them about money, and then that's honestly that is 
what has made us um, loved by our clients is your ability to let them know that when they pick out a health plan, it's not just something with a card that you don't know what it does anymore. It's a tool to get you the best health care you need for the best, for with the least amount of ex- financial exposure. Yep. And you are, I would put you up against anybody on handling the claims process. And that's why our clients are so happy besides the fact that we were able to get them what they wanted, but you're able to teach them how to handle a claim. And most of the problems that we see, it's not an issue with, um, the policy they chose. It's a, it's a break in communication between the, the facilitator or the doctor, of the hospital and the insurance company where just the communication was, it was broken. Yep. And so the insurance can't do what it's supposed to do, which makes an unhappy customer. And if they don't understand that and you're able to let them know and check work, just like if you go to a restaurant and you get a bill, you're going to look at what's on the bill, make sure it's right. Right. That's why they give you an itemized one. And the doctor's offices do the same. It's just most people don't know when they look at that paper, what they're looking at. Is that fair? It is fair. So what's your favorite part? Because like like we like we sell the time, nobody grows up and says, When I grow up I'm gonna be in health insurance. Nobody no when they're kids, nobody stands up on career and says, I'm gonna be a in, in insurance. It's something that you kinda fall into. It's an outlet for us that literally changed our lives. Um but what's your favorite part about that? My favorite part is is honestly the people. I love talking to people. Um a room full of people is like my favorite I love being just talking to people in general and just meeting new people, uh, shedding light on the industry to people that had just didn't know any better, didn't know something exists or didn't know that something works that way. Um, even the day to day phone calls of them asking questions, um, of just where do I go? Who do I see? Are they a network? Do I have a copay? You know, just, just being able to answer those questions. And most of the time it's a quick, Two second text. I mean, that's why um, I probably, probably at least forty people a day in my texting um, that are client client related. Probably one of the most biggest mis- misconceptions about our business that I hear from the general public is because we do spend so much time promoting our agents, our team. Um, a lot of people ask if we're still knee deep in servicing new clients and our own clients. Absolutely, right. So let that let me put that out there right now. We are still, um, we're still your agent. We're still advising. That's right, baby. And, um, but, uh, like most people are like we were before we started doing this because you knew a lot from the doctor's office side. I knew zero about this. I can remember the health plan that we had before. Thank God nothing too bad happened when we had that because we chose the cheapest thing possible. But it was literally like, here I am spending, we're gonna spend thousands of dollars a year on this. And I don't even want to know what it is. No, you didn't. And and that's, you brought up um, a good point that I probably say to every single client and our agents over and over. There are two words that don't go together. And that is cheap insurance. The right insurance. Yeah. That's cheap, right. Cheap does not get you um, covered if you have something bad happen. When is the cheapest thing ever the best ever? Yeah. Like ever, when is it like, when you like, you go on the car lot and be like, I want the cheapest thing you got. The most undependable, cheapest thing you got. I'll take it. Never happens. Nope. You want the finest things. You want the finest things. 
People only make decisions based on price when they don't know what value it is that they're going to seek. That's one for me right there. Yep. Right. I second that. All right. So what else? So we've got, we've still got a little time left. That's good. What else? So you've got a list of things that you mentioned that you want to talk. We haven't talked much about mindset in today's world, um, which that's something that we're big on. We study a lot. I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. We can talk about some of your favorite books and podcasts that you listen to besides the hit streak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there, there it is. Got me another. All right. So we, and we covered some of this. So community volunteering at school, always hosting a party. Right. I mean, honestly, that my biggest complaint and our relationship is like, I'll be I already like, know what it is. I'll be like, <laughs> Baby, I hadn't been home in two months. Can, like, do we have to go somewhere every night? Somewhere? Do we have to be somewhere every night? That's my biggest complaint is I'm like, I need just a second to breathe. You are a go social butterfly. You're on the go. You love being around people. It feeds you, feeds your soul. So, um, Volunteering at school, being a part of the community, like when you wake up every day, what 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 does that do for your soul and what are you chasing? The most is, I just feel like I don't know all these people for no reason that they're, I can always connect somebody or I know somebody that could probably help someone else. I love being able to make those connections and those introductions. Um, I just, I love, I just love helping people. I, I go back to the quote, it's not what you say, it's how you make somebody feel. And, um, you know, yeah. And our, literally our preacher over the weekend, the service we were at, he said, what do you want to be known for? And I want to be known for making people feel good. Not, not like a fake feel good, but by genuinely helping them in their situation, whether that's honestly just complimenting someone on their outfit or, you know, Hey, I've, you know, here's, here's a link to this. I saw you asking somebody on Facebook and just sending it to them. Um, I just, I enjoy, truly enjoy helping somebody make their life better when it could be like seconds out of my day. Yes, you do. That's fantastic. And it's a blessing and a curse some days because there's only so much of me to give. That's right. And I'm always asking for more. Yeah. Well, you, you, you love children. Mm -hmm. You love children. Um, we've talked about, um, at some point in time, maybe even starting a school. I did used to want to, one of my dreams over the last five years, um, was why do I get up and do what I do every day? And it was one for our family, but two, I wanted to open a school that was different, that taught money, that taught entrepreneurship that taught more things about health and related um and kind of looking into that and then COVID happened and talking it just it was a lot to take on well fast forward to last August we were introduced to a school called Haven Academy and it's a hybrid homeschool where Ethan goes to school nine to one for academics Monday through Thursday they have all sorts of extracurricular. And I literally just told um, the founder of the school, Miss Emily, you know, I, I wanted to open a school until I found this. Like, I just want to be able to help that school grow. Um, because I, a room full of 95 kids, to me, I have a smile on my face. To some people, that's, you know, their, <laughs> their darkest fear. But 
it's it's literally one of my happiest places is to be around kids. That um, the people at Haven are absolutely incredible. What they they took a, a a void for lack of better words when when everybody was going through COVID, and provided a extremely innovative, mm-hmm. extremely innovative solution. But not only that, they've done it great, and it's grown. They've expanded every year. They've added another grade. This is the, only their second year. They just started last year. Yep. Man, and we thought after last year, Ethan was he had aged out, and he begged. I mean, even now, the sixth graders are. They ask Miss Emily every day, "Are we doing seventh grade? Are we doing seventh grade?" And um, it's just, it's just different, and we absolutely love it. It. It changed our lives. It's um, it changed Ethan's life. It it changed the way he learned. Um, it changed the want for his learning. Um, and it's just it's just a small little community. And I mean, hopefully, it'll get bigger. Hopefully, next year they'll add pre K and seventh grade, and just keep growing from there. We have uh, he he does a lot. Ethan does a lot of extracurricular activities, whether it be sports or music. He's always. I mean, we've got him. We got to take him somewhere every night. Of Pretty the week. much. <laughs> But um, that schedule has allowed for more. It's encouraged more of that. And it's funny, the more you get that, the better... When when, you, when the school's broken down from an eight-hour day to a four-hour day, with quite... I, th- I feel like it's more information, mm-hmm. more knowledge. He craves it now instead of dreads it versus... Because, you know, in the years past, and we were very blessed with amazing teachers. Very much. Until... We found Haven very, I mean, we always had good ones, but an eight hour day is a long day for a child, especially, and then they're going to have a couple hours of homework. Then by the time they have baseball practice, they had no free time. They had no time to, they're still learning who they want to be. They're still finding things they like. There's so many things in this world they just don't even know exists. They've never been introduced to, right? So it's just a lot, a lot of, a lot of personal growth, I guess is the moral of that story, right? All right, so questions you had put on here. Um, oh, so you have, um, in running businesses, you ran some of the best in Nashville as far as salons go. Yep. As almost like a regional figure. Yeah, yeah. I it, Once we decided um, it was kind of take a step back from the bar because of the late nights, um, I was able to, through a friend, land a job at an Aveda salon. It was William Edge here in town as their brand advocate and team lead. And I stuck with that until you called me and said, Hey, you got to quit because I need your help. Like, no, I don't want to leave a job that I get free facials and massages and my hair done and all these nice Aveda products. But I did and still, you know, have a relationship with a lot of those people that worked at that salon. A lot of them are still clients. Um, but I, I loved that job because, again, I got to meet people. I got to um, promote the business and help grow it. Um, it was a it was a good learning experience, to say the least. It was. And that was a um, – the growth that those salons had was pretty incredible. And getting to see that up close and personal with you being a part of it, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot from that experience as well. Um, all right. Let's talk a little, I'm a big, you know how I am about mindset. You know what I mean? I'm, um, in my mind, that's what that exercise taught us is how to control that, how to make that work for us because it either works for you or it doesn't. 
right? There's no middle ground. Your mind is either holding you back or propelling you forward, your thoughts, right? So I'd love to hear your perspective. I know everybody would on what are some things that jump out at you? What are some uh, favorite books and podcasts? First of all, let's start there. Favorite podcast, Lewis House. I mean, every person he has on, it just has an incredible story. I listen to them multiple times. Um, books. Um, I'm really bad about books. I don't finish them all as I should. Um, it's probably just a lack there of time. Um, I, I'm in the middle of the five second rule by Mel Robbins. Um, the, uh, five dysfunctions of a team was an incredible book. Um, I'm going to butcher the last name, so I'm not going to say it. Um, I, I've, I have my hands in a lot of them. I just haven't finished most of them because um, I like to read different things depending on what's going on at that time. Um, I love to listen to the podcast. That's probably the reason I haven't finished most. If it's not on Audible podcast, I, I don't get through it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to take that time to sit down, even though I know I should. I'm that way about books. Um, you know why? Because you you find something you read something in the book you encounter something in the book and you want to apply it to your life, and then you do and now all of a sudden it's everything's different and a lot of times then you can I mean I'm I hardly ever honestly finish a book start to finish I'm I like I like all hearing from the author I like the podcasts about the book I like it's like the trailer before the movie the highlights of the movie and stuff like that so for me. I get as much out of the 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 highlights as I do the entire book. But when you do, when you learn a part, when you get through a part of a book that you're like, oh man, I can apply that, it, you're in a different place than you were when you started the book. Yeah, I mean, growing up though, I would get in trouble in school because I would have some kind of R.L. Stein or Judy Bloom book in my textbook reading while the teacher was going to class. I, I probably read two or three books a week. And I, I did that for a really long time until... Until I had kids. Um, and then just, again, like, it wasn't I was bored. I just, it, it's I, it's hard. I, I'm really good at remembering things when I read them, but I need to take notes. And a lot of the times when I was in the middle of reading, I wasn't a place to take notes. And so I just don't retain the information as well as if I listen to the book or a podcast. What are, besides the Lewis House one, what are some other ones that stand out? So you've got number, your favorite podcast is The Hit Streak. Yes. Lewis House, the School of Greatness. I love Brad Lee. I mean, not biased at anything that I was on there, but yes, I do love that podcast. Um, it's He's so funny. Um, I, I don't think I, I... I used to listen to um, Steve Harvey in the mornings. I haven't done that in a while. He had these like three minute, you know, come to Jesus every morning. I really liked those. The moment the moment anything goes political, you're out. Yeah, yeah. I just just stay focused. Like I don't need to be persuaded one way or the other. I have my own thoughts. Just let me just let me stay focused. Yeah. I'm there for the mindset, not not to change my opinion. Right on. Yeah. Any other podcasts or books that stand out? So you've read a, you read a lot about pregnancy. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I that's a lot of articles and stuff. I mean, I. I read, you know, I had gestational diabetes when I had, when I was pregnant. So I had to relearn food from that perspective, which, whew, I don't wish that on anyone. Um, in pregnancy, I mean, I read, I'll, 
what women will know what this is called. Some men, it's called a V-back. It's having a, a natural childbirth versus a C-section. And I had a C-section with Ethan. And with Ansley, I did not want to go through that again. Um, it was not a pleasant experience. I don't remember anything because you're so drugged up. I wanted to take in every single moment and that meant all the pain. And so I did a lot of reading on um, just anything I could get my hands on. I had a doula and she recommended a lot of stuff. And so I, I did dive very deep into that world and um, it went it went great. So You would be an amazing host of a podcast. I can't wait to get yours off the ground. Yep. One day. It's going to be so good. Yep. It's going to be so good. All right. So let's see. Bringing this home. I had a thought here. and um, Well, you asked about mindset for me. Yes. There it is. That's it. Growing up, I don't think I ever realized that I don't. you don't have to wake up and be a victim. And it wasn't because I wasn't taught or taught one or the other. It just, just the everyday habits that you pick up from everyone around you. And I, I knew I always, I'd never, I'm one of those people that just, I'm patient. I don't get mad it, it, very rarely. And again, that drive in me that wants to help someone and wants to be known for making people feel good. I think about that before I react 99% of the time. And for me, mindset was, I was not talking to myself. I think all these highly things of all these people, but I wasn't talking to myself that way. I was very downplaying who I was in my inner self. And so once I started saying, you know, the daily confirmations, like you got this, you can do this, but you get up out of the bed, get up and move, you know, motivating myself. That's that's kind of when everything else changed for the mindset. I didn't. It was that negative talk that you have to yourself. I mean, everybody does it. It's the guilt, the what ifs. I could have done better. But at the end of the day, it's just focusing on yourself to be able to give your best to everyone around you. And I was not doing that all all the time. Um, I was nicer to everyone but myself. And once I started turn that switch off and started that going positive. I think everything around me changed. We control, well, not everybody does control their thoughts. A lot of people do not control their own thoughts. They don't know it, but they don't. Right. Our our heart is going to be fine. It's our mind we have to fix and control. All right. So let me do a little, a new little segment here. Okay. All right. I'm just going to ask you some questions and I want to get your answers, right? So um, it'll be stuff like favorite dish right now, favorite dessert, favorite TV show, um, stuff like that. But we're going to start off with who are the who are three people that need to be guests on this show? Three people. Um, Shane Neal. Michael Shane Neal, the portrait yep. artist. Awesome. Um, I really think Terena. Terena Phillips. Terena Phillips. Um, she regional sales director yep. with U.S. Health. Yeah, she's amazing. She, her story is incredible. And Bradley. Bradley, the I'm real. I'm calling it the, the real Bradley. 
There you yep. go. The real Bradley. So, all right. So, Shane, Terena, the real Bradley. They're coming. Up, they're going to come on as guests on the hit streak, right? Mm-hmm. We're calling them out right now. So they got to do it. Yep. They got to do it. All right. Favorite TV show right now? You. Me? No, it's on Netflix. <laughs> Only because I just finished it. It's really, it's crazy if you haven't watched it. But You on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Best TV show right now for you. And not best. Just I just finished it in favorite and it kept me awake. <laughs> right on. Mine's Ted Lasso. Love some Ted Lasso, right? All right. Um, favorite favorite um, healthy meal? Favorite clean meal? Tzatziki's salmon salad and their potatoes. Mm. I eat it once a week. It's my favorite. Although they took away the tomato chutney. Tzatziki's, please bring that back. <laughs> there you go. If you guys hadn't seen a pregnant woman's heart break, you should have seen... The look on her face when Taco Bell said the Mexican pizza was going to go away. It was a sad day. <laughs> it was, right? All right, so favorite clean dessert? Clean dessert? Yeah. Dark chocolate almonds. Dark chocolate almonds. They are a staple in our pantry. Mm-hmm. What else is a staple in our pantry? Oreos, but I don't eat those. <laughs> <laughs> those are for me. Yeah. Only the mega stuff are the most. Yeah. Stuff, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. Favorite, um, what's your favorite workout exercise? Hotbox. Hotbox Fitness here in Nashville? Mm-hmm. I love it. I've been a member since 2011. Well, they just got a plug. So yep. Ky- Kyle Mims got to be a guest yep. on the show. All right. Yep. That's awesome. Um, favorite thing to do with the kids? Mm, just, there's so many things. I mean, honestly, just uh, the beach was amazing. Just time? Oh my gosh. Just, just all the time. Whether it's dinner with them, just being with them. Doesn't even matter what we do. Um, Watching Ethan play the guitar for Ansley is my favorite thing right now because she sings. Mm-hmm. It is the cutest thing on the planet. It is. I agree. My heart can't take it. <laughs> I agree. It's fantastic. All right. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, favorite. Let's see. Favorite car you've ever owned? Mm, I loved my blue Altima. I think it's because I bought it myself and paid for it. That thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. Had leather seats. It was brand new when I got it. It was right. the nicest car I'd ever driven. Yep. Yep. That To this day, it's one of the first cars I bought and paid for in full myself. So, Favorite thing to do with your girlfriends? Um, go be on the beach. Um, we just recently took a girl's trip, and it was it was the best. We just had the best time. I know. So there's a pajama party coming up at Christmas soon. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. One. They let the husbands go sometimes. Sometimes. Anytime the husbands can go, it's a good time. It I'm varies. like, I'm like, all these beautiful women are around me at the same time. It was like it's like a dream come true because all your friends are beautiful. They're gorgeous. We have fun. Um, man, it's a blast. And um, favorite. Uh, let's see. Ooh, I had another one. 
So you're still, anytime I want to see Remove, a little 90s R&B or 90s hip hop, gets the booty shaking. The 90s, I would go back to the music for, for nothing else but the music. <laughs> All right. So one final thought um, about the journey. I mean, you're an amazing business partner because I'm a big dreamer. Not many business partners, much less spouse, would get behind building the room like we're in right now and stuff like that. I mean, we really don't hold each other back in any way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're a grown, you're a grown woman and a responsible one and a good one. And you don't need me to tell you you can and can't do things. And you don't really like she does. Like, I'm gonna tell you guys the truth. When I, when I go out with my friends, not one time does she ask me where I'm going, what time I'll be home, anything like that. It's for, This is real. This is real. It's unbelievable, the freedom that we get. And it's funny because I don't go out very often, do I? Nope. When you, it's... <laughs> like maybe three or four times a year. Maybe. And it's... That's my time and you give it to me and it's amazing. And, and I it took me a while to get there to be able to do, to reciprocate that. But it's the... The look on your face, the happiness that you come home after you've had that time is, it's awesome. When you were able to go on the girls trip, yep. the fact that we were able to do that, that was amazing for me, right? So, all right, one final thought for the folks out there, the listeners, the viewers, what you got for them? You got anything good? I, you know, I think one of the things I've learned that is advice is whatever you think it, you've mustered up in your head that you think somebody is saying something about you, it's usually not about you. Someone's reaction towards something you do, it's 90% about them and 10% about you. And just knowing to take those things in stride and just don't let that affect your day. Don't react to how someone else is reacting to you. Um, because it, it, your mind will get the best of you if you do that. You have to stay the, stay focused on um, being positive and, and telling those thoughts. Because our, our minds, again, you have to train your mind, not your heart, to think positive and to not muster thoughts where you think somebody's saying something. There you go. Mm, that's a great place to, to bring it home. That's a great place to bring it home. So, all right, check it out. Guys, um, you need to, people need to follow you. They need to keep up with what you, what you got going on. You're putting a lot of great stuff out there. Um, and it's going to be more, it's going to be lots more, but, uh, they can find you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Rhiannon Hyder. Yep. Right. And, um, scheduling appointments, consultations, or anything else they want with you, they can go to teamhider.com. Mm-hmm. And make that happen, right? That's right. Awesome. So, all right. It was a. It's like seriously the most com- the most uh, most common question I got asked when when we started doing the show, the podcast when we started uh, talking about this was is when is Re going to be on it, right? So um, this is you made it in the where you got you in on the first five episodes. She would have been number one, but it wasn't good enough yet, and. Um, and uh, and then it took a minute to your schedule's pretty dang busy, girl. It is. Mm-hmm. 
So um, well, I am just absolutely delighted and thrilled to have had you today. This is will, without a doubt, go down as my favorite episode of all time until you come back the next time. I do got to have you back because there's so much that we could have got into. Yep. Business and stuff. I don't want to take the thunder away from um, from the stuff you're going to do as well. But um, baby, thank you so much for for being here, and um, I just I just love you. This is awesome. Got it was hang, a pleasure. I got to hang out with you for an hour. I know. So fantastic. So are you going to send me a bill? Maybe. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, all right. So I get to go take our kid to baseball practice. Yep. Right on, and you get to go home to the little one. That's right. So folks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of The Hit Streak. I am your man, Nick Heider. Be great. Work hard. Do it on purpose and with a purpose. God bless.